Do you think data is sexy? I know. Silly question, right? Listen to this segment of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast with Andy Cushing, and you are going to think data is sexy. to tap your existing customer base for business growth? Learn about the power of referral marketing, including how to design a program that works for your business on the next episode of Small Business Academy. It'll be airing live Wednesday, February 22nd. Um, I had a chance to share my advice on the show and how you get customers to refer you to their friends. Also on the show, Erin Condren shared her secrets on how she grew her business into a $40 million empire with the help of a successful referral and loyalty program. Register now at aka.ms forward slash duct tape marketing. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance and my guest today is Annie Cushing. She is a website SEO and analytics consultant and trainer, but as we're going to find out, uh, she is so much more than that. So Annie, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, John. So here's a question on everyone's mind. What is wrong with most data? Oh, boy. That's a really good question. So I think right now where we are is that there we have more data available to us than ever before. And I think especially marketers will really, I mean, this is across channels, across industries, but especially with marketers, just trying to wrap our arms around it all and corral it. So we have all of this data available to us but the challenge is, one, how do you go out and collect it all and then and, and interpret it, you know, and manipulate it in a way that, I mean, manipulate in a good sense, yeah. you know, conform it to your needs to be able to actually translate this tsunami of data confronting us every day into answers to, like, very real business questions that we all have. So I think, I think that's the biggest challenge. I think um, one other challenge is, is just knowing some of the vulnerabilities of the data and knowing how to uh, clean it up. So since I work a lot specifically with Google Analytics, I see where a lot of times maybe with some of the data collection issues they have with spam, you know, those types of issues, a lot of times uh, marketers are making decisions based on data that is flawed, but they don't know that it's flawed, either because they attempted to customize it in some way, not realizing how it would impact their data downstream, or a built-in vulnerability within Google Analytics. So I would say those are kind of the kissing cousins. You know, most people are just like, I have no idea what this data is telling me. So you're saying that that hit counter at the bottom of my web page is not enough? <laughs> you know what? In 1996, we all wanted one. <laughs> we would all go in, refresh the page to get it to increment. <laughs> but yeah, it just doesn't satisfy us like it used to. So, you know, I think that's when I work with small business owners, a lot of the times, I mean, 
just because you can track stuff doesn't necessarily mean it's useful. And I think really the, the, the holy grail is maybe getting to those two or three or four things that really do mean your the health of your business or that you can actually impact so that you can improve things. And I, I, I find that to be the hardest thing is actually tracking less than tracking more. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and tracking the things that really, like you just said, are going to impact that bottom line and knowing what you should be pulling from each of these sources to tell you that story, you know, so um, a lot of times with business owners, you know, uh, people in strategic marketing positions, they go to a new data source. So they fire up Facebook insights and you just have, as soon as you log in, you're like, oh crap, where do I even start? You know, and so a lot of times we're just like skimming the data off the top and not really getting to you know like what is this data actually telling us and then there's just the practical issue of if you have to log into google analytics and then you have to log into facebook and log into twitter log into instagram the reality is we're all just so busy on the day-to-day like just trying to you know corral our inboxes and you know, pay the bills and take care of all the things that we have to do as business owners, then it's very, very sporadic, you know, like maybe we'll think to log into Google analytics, or maybe there's something that has happened on Facebook uh, and you log into Facebook insights to see what's going on, but there's no like well-worn path of, you know, there's this one place and we check this one yeah. dashboard and so that we don't have the stress of having to go to all of these individual tools uh, well, to log in. Well, and you, you unleashed the word dashboards, uh, which I was going to ask about anyway, because it seems like that's almost like a burgeoning industry. Um, there must be two or three dozen, you probably track it more than me, two or three dozen tools out there that call themselves dashboards that that are trying to give uh, people, whatever we want to call it, the uh, business insights or data or analytics right. in one place. Is there kind of a holy grail of the, one of those? You know what? I, for small business owners, for me, it's, it's a no-brainer. And I, I don't benefit in any way. I'm not an affiliate anything like that, I have found, and I've tried many different dashboard systems, and and, uh, my favorite for small business owners, uh, small to even mid-sized business owners, is a tool called Cyfe. It's a C-Y-F-E. It's it's very inexpensive. I think it's like $20 or $25 a month. And what I like about it over a lot of different tools is that it's not difficult to learn. Like you can be up and running with Scythe in probably less than an hour. It's as simple as you you put in your login, your login credentials to any number of tools that you work with. And it just, the data comes to you and it's using something called an API, um, which is just geek speak. But it's instead of, it just means instead of you having to go to PayPal, to Salesforce, to FreshBooks, to you know 
AdWords, whatever tools you're using, Facebook, Google Analytics, et cetera, et cetera, you just connect, we'll just call them hoses to be, um, to be as simple as possible. You're connecting these data hoses from all of these different tools into Scythe, and then Scythe just asks you, what would you, what data do you want from, you know, FreshBooks or, you know, Google Analytics or what, whatever it is that you need, and then all of the data that's most important to you is right there on one screen in one dashboard. Now you can get more sophisticated with it. Um, you can get almost as sophisticated as you want. If you're a power Google Analytics user, you're not going to be able, that's where it really breaks down. So when I'm doing like enterprise level analysis uh, for a site that uses Google Analytics, I can't use Scythe. I have to use something more like a Tableau. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but um, for most business owners, it's it's just fantastic, and it it just could not be easier to use. So, because you do build some of these uh, dashboards for businesses, I, I tell you the one snag I run up against with some of these online tools is they're great if the data source is readily available. <laughs> but what about that business that I don't know? Their technicians have laptops in their trucks, and they you know track stuff back to a proprietary system, or maybe referrals or something like that that gets tracked on a on a piece of paper somewhere yeah. <laughs> um, in the back office is a really important data point. Um, what are some of your suggestions for how to get some of that kind of disparate data into one of these? Yes. Yeah, so with Cypher, any tool like this, uh, for, for most tools, they're going to offer an API. And, um, and sometimes, you know, it's just a matter of searching in Google the name of the tool and then just drop API after, after it. <clears throat> and even Scythe allows you to bring in data from any API, but sometimes uh, if that if the tool if it's a really small tool, super proprietary, it doesn't offer an API. Um, Scythe and all of these different tools, including um, including tools like Tableau and you know Chartio and types like that. Um, they will also integrate with like Google Sheets mm -hmm. or you can import an Excel document into it, you know. And so, I mean, when you're talking about importing an Excel document, now now you have a manual step. <laughs> yeah. But it's still less manual than having to go to all of these different tools. And you can even automate that, you know, um, on your laptop if you have someone who can set that up for you so that, you know, you just tell your person, oh, we save these Excel files to this folder and then it will automate. But even if you had some manual processes, so I know a lot of um, small to mid-sized businesses are really big on Google Sheets. Well, Google Sheets has an API and tools like Scythe, like um, stat dash and you know all of these different tools um, connect to the Google Sheets API and so if you use Google Sheets then that did including site uh, that data can then be pulled into your dashboard and then you just decide that first time that you bring it in how do I want to visualize this data do I want you know um, a table 
with some kind of you know conditioning uh, conditional formatting applied to it do I want a pie chart do I want a bar chart but it's one of those things where it's one and you're done you set it up one time and then anytime you open up you know Scythe and a lot of businesses they'll just have it always open in Chrome like mm -hmm. one thing I like about Chrome is you can pin the tab so I have some things that I just always keep pinned in tab in a tab and then then you it's a matter of you just going to that one place and I really do think that's the secret to being able to corral your data because so then once you get used to a dashboard then if someone comes along and says hey well, you know like this is really important to our business we really you know uh, we're really gaining traction on Instagram but that's not in our dashboard well then it's as simple as just going connecting to the Instagram API by dropping in your credentials deciding what from Instagram you want to pull into the dashboard and now that's there I, I really think like when it comes to being able to just get in front of all of this data there's just no other efficient way other than setting up a dashboard all right so I'm gonna give you a complete this sentence Google Analytics is um, analytics is I was gonna say bro I was I just, gonna say broken but you know I was gonna let you it finish is, it <laughs> it is broken I mean sometimes I, I it's it's absolutely like you absolutely get what you pay for right. and I think it's a really phenomenal tool um, out of the box I think there are some pretty serious things that are missing like channels that aren't included by default things that are broken you know there are things that the Google Analytics team added in Universal which is the most current uh, version of Google Analytics that we're working with such as uh, a filter for spam yeah. but and they came so close to providing something really really valuable except they made it opt-in you know and on a principal level yeah I think as marketers we should make th most things opt-in uh, filtering out bots and spam I don't think that should be opt-in and it's like this tiny little option buried in the settings that very very few people know about and so they have bought and spam yep. traffic unless they just happen to eat breathe and sleep analytics like I do you know they're not gonna know that that option is there you know so I, I actually I'm a huge fan of Google Analytics I think it's an amazing tool I think they're iterating on it at a very um, you know just a very accelerated pace especially in the last couple years but we're almost hitting that point of diminishing returns where there are so many options that the average you know business owner or marketer really goes in there and they're like mm, okay I can look and see how many sessions we've gotten I can look at page views but they really don't know how to you know lock it in a in any kind of efficient manner and then unfortunately unlike all of the other dashboard tools I've been talking about Google Analytics offers dashboards but they are years behind yeah. I mean years behind they're 
they're pretty hideous. Um, so do you kind of have very, a, very limited. Do, do you have a set sort of template where you go in and somebody says, anyway, we want you to work with us on, you know, obviously take a look at our setup and whatnot. Do, I mean, is there like 10 things that you kind of like strip away and create reports and save this way and that way that, that makes it more useful? Obviously other, lots of businesses have differing variables that would be important to them, but is there kind of a standard setup that you like to do? I do. I, so I start each engagement with an actual analytics audit. Right. And um, and I actually pu- published it. it. It's not free. It's a paid product. And I don't mean this as any kind of promotional thing. No, but no they're great, to I, tell you the truth. Go, said, go, go look at analytics.com <laughs> and take a look at her her audit and uh, templates. If you're a, Particularly if you're a consultant out there, go grab them because it's ridiculous. All right, so there. I did, I did it for you. Thank you. But I, I did those... I, I created those just so, you know, because I knew there were lots of smaller companies that couldn't afford an analytics audit. I hated sending them away. And then also for the for the sake of marketers who really wanted to be able to, you know, um, develop stronger analytics skills or just business owners who they might not have, they, they might not have the money for an audit, but they could put an intern, you know, they yeah, could yeah. hire even a free intern, a college student, hand them this template, and even someone who's really never been inside Google Analytics would be able to go through and say, okay, we need to check this knob. Is this knob turned on? And, you know, and it gives you like all of the background, the, you know, the foundational understanding so that you understand, okay, if I customize this, how is this going to impact my data downstream? And that's a really big issue, really, really big issue. So a lot of times when I'm doing full analytics audits, I'll find data that's really kind of mutant data in their analytics. And then I go into their settings and I see where what probably happened was someone read a blog post and it seemed to make sense to you know customize their data in a certain way, but they didn't realize, okay, if I choose this option here, like, for example, I have a blog post, uh, I, I call it something dramatic, like the absolute worst setting in Google Analytics. <laughs> and I, they, Google Analytics should have ripped the setting out years ago. It's called a default page setting, and it's in the view settings of every Google Analytics view, which used to be called a profile. Google loves to change mm-hmm. uh, their nomenclature. Um, but this is setting, and Google even gives you like an example, like um, index.html. I can't tell you how many sites I've audited where someone just read that and put in index.html, not realizing. And there should be like a flashing light. Like, are you sure you want to put anything in this field? Because it's going to trash all of your content reports. Mm. And um, you know, and so there are things like that where. It may have made sense or someone might have thought it made sense, but just didn't realize, wow, you know, how is this going to limit us later? So, so, but those types of issues are all addressed in that template. So let's talk about reports. Um, You know, a lot of times until you, until you slice and dice and segment and get, you know, the reports don't really do much for you. I'll I'll give you an example. I had a, um, a school a private school that wanted is a boarding school and they wanted to get more um, enrollment. 
uh, from a, a cer- at a certain level. And so the people coming to their site that were new visitors in particular were extremely important. But the fact of the matter is 75% of their traffic came from existing students. Um, and mm-hmm. so the, unless you took that out of the report, you weren't going to know what those kind of new visitors were doing or, or, you know, the people that were probably prospects were doing. And I think that's a really common thing, isn't it? To produce any meaningful reports, you actually have to uh, have many, many variables involved. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, that uh, along that same line, like a lot of times when people are using Google Analytics, they think that the links to all of those reports in that left side mm-hmm. column that that's Google Analytics, but it's not. The real meat inside Google Analytics is in the custom reports, the the reports that you build that answer very specific questions like that, that allow you to filter and be able to go back and access those reports again and again. So like when I'm doing training, I'll, I'll tell people, or when I'm talking to clients, like think of those reports in that left sidebar as just like they're just jumping off points, you know, like they kind of it's better than Google just giving us a blank slate and saying, OK, go ahead and start re- creating custom reports because no one would do it, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, anytime you know, a client needs a specific answer to a business question and uh, for the most part. that's going to be done with the customizations with, you know, report filters. So I'm not, I'm not talking about view filters. View Mm -hmm. filters are, they're permanent. They're kind of scorched earth. You have to make, you know, really make sure that you know what you're doing before you set those up. But a report filter that can be deleted, that can be modified. And that's how you're going to be able to whittle down this large audience to a smaller audience that you're very interested in and then look to see what that audience is doing. So another option we have in addition to report filters are uh, uh, advanced segments. I don't know why they call them advanced. I mean, they're just segments and the segments of your data. And the beauty of segments is that you can then apply, whereas a report filter is going to be limited to that one report, a segment you can set that up, like let's say you know, I only want to look at new visitors who uh, landed on a blog post, and um, and you could even look at something like I only want to I only want to see uh, visits where someone landed on a money page and actually converted, you know. And then the nice thing about that is that you create that segment. Any report that you look at. From that point forward, whether it's a standard report that you can access from the left sidebar or a custom report, you're only going to be looking at that small audience. Um, and so that can be really good when you're talking about, like, you're you're trying to see, like, for example, you could do something as simple as, I only want to see sessions where, uh, where a visitor converted. Well, then when you're looking at your channels report, when you're looking at your landing pages, it's always of the people who ultimately did what we wanted them to do. What page should they land on? Yeah, or where, know, or but, where did they come from? Right. 
yeah, what campaign did yeah. they respond to, et cetera. Because then, then you're looking at the creme de la creme of your traffic and you're saying, wow, you know, of the people who converted, you know, this one particular campaign or this particular social network is really, you know, just converting like wildfire. Whereas when you're looking at all of your data in aggregate, it's much more difficult to winnow through it to get those answers. So um, w when we were setting this interview up, you mentioned a social, and hopefully you remember this, <laughs> a social media report that you said was really one of your favorite reports to pull. Um, yes. And that it was a little difficult sometimes because it wasn't actually located in the social right. tab. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm so glad uh, you asked about that. So there's a whole separate area inside of Google Analytics under acquisition. Um, it's acquisition, then social. And there's a whole list of reports in there. And I actually did a video walkthrough. I took a deep dive. And I just really wanted to find out, you know, what these reports were about. Why I kept running into issues. And so I kind of did an expose. And the too long didn't read version of it is, in my opinion, and again, I'm not just being like adversarial toward Google Analytics. There are things that I absolutely love in Google Analytics. Um, the social reports are not included <laughs> in that mix because when I went into them, there was really, really critical data missing. Like if you go into the social overview report or the network referrals report, the thing that's most glaring and the landing pages, you know, there's no conversion data. And I look at that and I go, what is even the point? Yeah. <laughs> like, what do I care about? You know, like pages per session doesn't pay the bills, you know, like at the end of the day, I want to know about conversions. I, those other things are also important to me, but the fact that they left out conversion data, they also left out bounce rate data. Mm. So the, my, my well-worn pass, I want to know sessions, bounce rate conversions for everything. Yeah. Except for like individual pages, you don't have conversion data for that, but all of that is missing from the social reports. So my favorite social report, as you mentioned, isn't a social report at all. It's uh, if you go to acquisition, all traffic, and then channels, the channels without question is my absolute most favorite report in Google Analytics. Uh, it was introduced in 2013 and Google basically took a pooper scooper to the medium dimension and, and aggregated all of that medium, that really messy medium data into channels. And it was definitely a game changer. But one thing I love about this report is depending on which line item, which channel you click on, you're going to have different options. You're going to drill down to different options. And so if you click on social, you're going to drill down to um, what's called a, a network, a social network dimension. And you have all of your conversion data and you have bounce rate mm. data and what's important about the social network dimension is that unlike the referrals report or the source medium report where it, like each individual network can be broken down into multiple line items especially facebook and i wrote a blog post about this um, facebook alone can be uh, 
it's a, a minimum of, I, I've found 11 different sources for Facebook. So you have facebook.com, m.facebook.com, l.facebook.com, lm.facebook.com, partners.facebook.com. You know, so if someone's looking at the source medium dimension, then they typically what will happen is they'll find the first mention of Facebook and they'll think that's their Facebook traffic. So that's the danger inherent, especially if there's not another Facebook referral in that first 10, you know, list, yeah. that top 10 list. But this social network dimension aggregates all of your Facebook referrals, including um, the, uh, tagged traffic. Like, so traffic that's come in because you've tagged it using campaign parameters as Facebook. All of that is aggregated into social network. And um, so I just love everything about uh, this report. And so as a result, I have really no use for the social yeah. reports. The, conver the social conversions report under social is actually is quite bizarre because they use something called multi-channel funnel data. I think it has to be an oversight because there is no multi-channel funnel data anywhere inside of Google Analytics north of the multi-channel funnels report under conversions. And, um, and there's no disclosure that this is multi-channel funnels data. So the, the conversion data in that report doesn't match up with what you see in your channels report or any of the other acquisition reports. So it's, it's bizarre. Um, so yeah, so the best social media report is inside the channels report, in my opinion. Okay, we got very deep in the weeds there. So, oh, ho so deep. Ho <laughs> hopefully people will say, you know what, I need to go to Analytics, by the way, very uh, clever play on the name there. So it's Annie, <laughs> Annie like Annie's first name, lytics.com. Uh, and um, you, in addition to uh, the uh, the templates that I mentioned there for site audits and for analytics audits, um, you also do provide, you are uh, available in uh, select cases uh, for hire for doing these audits or doing actual setup as well. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. All right. So cool. So uh, Annie, this was awesome. I, uh, again, uh, you know, I know that in the space of 20 some minutes, uh, uh, we probably confused as many people as we helped. I know. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, that, uh, in many cases, that's the first step to getting help. Uh, so uh, uh, hopefully uh, you guys will check out Analytics. Uh, just if nothing else, just put it on your path to uh, continue to learn. So Annie, thanks so much for joining us. And hopefully I'll bump into you out there on the road soon. All right. Thanks for having me, John.